I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Monday, May 1st, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. So, Jay, look, we all have bad days. Luckily, most of our bad days aren't losing $13 billion of net worth bad, and that's exactly the type of day that Elon Musk had last week, thanks to a combo of more Twitter drama, a rocket explosion, and disappointing Tesla earnings. That's a lot of money, Jay. And as we'll talk about later on, there's actually, there could be even more trouble ahead. Um, let's just say, hypothetically speaking, if you had $13 million, billion, well, I guess if you're Elon Musk, would you even be concerned about losing $13 billion? That's probably a better question. I would be concerned with losing all credibility as a real business leader. Yeah, I'd be nervous about that. I'd be worried about that. Uh, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Look, <laughs> Tesla and Rockets, I'll, I'll give him that. Those are challenging businesses to run. Everything related to Twitter is a self-inflicted wound. And uh, the self-inflicted wounds hurt the most, I think. You know, there's this tweet that he posted about how people should be working on really hard things, like hard science and rockets and this type of stuff, right? And then Paul Graham, who founded Y Combinator, he replied to him and said, you know, if only we knew somebody who had plenty of resources that could be focused on this stuff. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, but that's what he said. And, and so anyways, I think it's all kind of disappointing. I think all of this sums up that Elon's recent tenure has been disappointing. If I were him, I'd move on from Twitter. I'd hire someone, let that thing kind of build itself out independently. And I'd go back to what I think is probably the most valuable, which is exactly that. The electric cars, the rockets, all of that stuff, the hard stuff. Yeah. In the meantime, he'll just continue to lose money uh, on all three ventures, maybe at the same time, which uh, is hard to see because it is a lot of money. And two of them, I think, are super worthwhile. And one of them, I think he's wasting his time on. But Brett, aside from how Elon Musk spends his time and maybe his money as well, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, fewer houses this year. For our second story, a new Twitter alternative. And for our last story, new airline rules. For our first story, if you thought there already weren't enough homes to go around, the Canada Mortgage and Housing Corp, the CMHC, wants you to know that you ain't seen nothing yet. Surprise, surprise. More bad news for renters, Brett. What's the CMHC talking about? So the CMHC says housing starts, a measure of how many new homes are being built, could nosedive 32% this year if inflation sticks around and interest rates remain high. Even if inflation returns to a 2% target and interest rates begin to fall, the CMHC expects housing starts to still drop by 19%. Now, for housing to become affordable again, the CMHC says housing starts would need to reach at least 500000 every year. Beginning this year, their latest forecast shows at most but 211,000 starts. 211,000 is not close to 500,000 in this case. That means prices are going to, well, you guessed it, go up. Yeah, home prices will bottom out this year before rebounding to record highs by 2025, according to the CMHC forecast. And here's a quote from the CMHC's chief economist, Bob Dugan. We need a much higher level of starts if we want affordability to improve. And this is all happening because it's become much more expensive to build new housing in the past year due to a combination of higher interest rates, more expensive building materials, and a shortage of workers. Because of higher costs, many developments that may have been profitable in 2019 no longer make economic sense for builders. To zoom out, higher housing costs will also cascade down to the rental market as Canadians priced out of home ownership bid up the cost of rental units. The CMHC expects rents to rise significantly in every major city across the country. For a second story, faced with a litany of annoying bugs and bewildering product changes, the aforementioned Twitter and its users are looking for an alternative. The question has always been, what would that alternative be? Jay, where should I be making an account right now? Well, 
I'll tell you where I just put in, where I just put a, a request to get one. Many of Twitter's power users, the people who post the most content on the platform, are joining Blue Sky, a new competitor to the social media platform. That's right, Jay. So some of the biggest names on Twitter, including U.S. politician Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, TV personality Chrissy Teigen, and comedian Drill joined this week. 360,000 people have downloaded the Blue Sky app and over a million people, and as we do this, it's actually a million and one, are on the wait list to sign up for the now invite-only platform. I just registered for uh, the wait list. I hope you get it, and I hope you get that that classic at Jay Rosenthal handle. Here's why it matters. Blue Sky's success would be a nail in Twitter's coffin in no small part because Blue Sky pretty much just is Twitter. <laughs> it looks almost the same. It functions almost the same, though. No DMs or quote tweets so far. And it's even backed by Twitter founder Jack Dorsey, who, if you remember, Brett, and I think you will, was actually supportive of Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter. It's hard to keep track of. But here's the thing. There are many platforms competing to become the next Twitter, Mastodon and Post or two others, by luring upset users with Elon Musk's management to commerce seas. But it's an open question whether the promise of what is essentially a Musk-free Twitter clone constitutes a viable business model. We shall see. For our third story, the federal government is making it easier for you to win arguments with airlines, customer service departments. This sounds like good news. Uh, depending on how you look at it, but I think it's overall good news. Here's what's driving it. Transport Minister Omar Al-Gabra announced new rules that will make it more difficult for airlines to avoid compensating passengers for flight delays and cancellations. This is per the Globe and Mail. To catch you up, the federal government introduced the current rules around passenger flights in 2019, but it hasn't done much to stop carriers from foiling Canadians' travel plans. That's because it came with some loopholes big enough to fly a 747 through. So one of those loopholes is the safety loophole that lets airlines off the hook for delays and cancellations if they're related to a quote-unquote safety issue. I think if you use air quotes, safety issues are pretty broad. And would it shock you to learn that's led to airlines claiming pretty much every problem with your flight, including not hiring enough staff as a safety issue? Well, that is exactly what has happened. Now, under the new rules, airlines will automatically have to compensate passengers up to $1,000 for major delays or cancellations unless they can prove it was caused actually by a safety issue. (laughs) They will also face fines of up to $250,000 for breaking the rules, up from the current maximum of a paltry $25,000. And it matters because airline passenger rights advocates argue that it's more profitable for airlines to ignore the current rules and risk meager fines then to improve their service. Larger fines and fewer loopholes could push them to get serious about getting people to their destination on time. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at peak.com. Thank you, Brett. Have a good day, Peak Pals. And by the time this podcast runs... We will know who the Maple Leafs are going to play in the second round of the playoffs. And goodness, for the sake of... I predict predict the Florida Panthers. That would be devastating, Brett. But uh, let's just say that we're recording this before uh, Sunday night's game. And let's go Bruins. No.